Welcome to the Brain People Podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome, everyone, to another episode here on the Brain People Podcast. My name is Dr. Katie Elson. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, and joining me is a special guest. I'm Karen Nicola, and I am a grief coach and grief educator. So happy to be here with you, Katie. Yes, and it's been a little bit since we were last on an episode together. So why don't we just start with a brief overview about a little bit more of what you do, and, and then we'll transition into our topic for today. Absolutely. When I meet strangers or or people unknown to me, I should say, and they ask me, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a grief educator. And they kind of look at me quizzically like, well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so I ask a question back, uh, goes like this. So who was your role model for healthy grief? Mm -hmm. And most people's like mental Rolodexes, just, you can see them just going, no, 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 no. And then they say, I didn't have anybody. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's what I am. That's what I do. Mm. As a grief educator, I really am here to help raise the awareness of how grief can be engaged with in a healthy healing way instead Mm. of a damaging, devastating life down the drain kind Mm. of way. Mm. Um, So as a grief educator, that's what I do. Mm. As a grief coach, come alongside people with their grief, coaching them um, in that healthy path mm. of grieving. Mm. I love that because it's very true. We don't have often that model or models mm-hmm. of healthy grieving. No, we don't. Mm. We don't. So and it's interesting when people finally get it, they go, I'm so glad you do this work. Mm. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, the, the affirmation is, is really deep and sincere. And, mm. and that certainly is, that's a nice way to go to work. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And that's especially important for us today as we talk about how to grieve um, the loss as we anticipate an upcoming holiday of Memorial Day. Yeah. And what are some of the losses that people are grieving uh, during this holiday? Well, I think probably on the top of the list, everybody thinks of flags Mm. in cemeteries Mm. with white headstones, the Mm. military losses, the military deaths Mm. that have occurred over, you know, the course of the history of our United States. However, in addition to military deaths, I think people embrace the opportunity to say, this is time for me to also recognize that I have a loved one Mm. that, that died, that wasn't a part of the military, but I'll use this day also Mm. to engage in their remembrance. A lot of people will visit family graves and Mm. put flowers on them and do those kinds of activities on Memorial Day. So this episode is not just for those who are veterans. They're not just those family members of veterans, but it's even those who have experienced any loss of a loved one that want to utilize this opportunity to um, keep in memory those, those individuals, those people near and dear to to their hearts. All the doors open Mm. so that no one feels like it's inappropriate if they want to, to recognize Mm. their deceased loved one Mm. on this day, it's absolutely appropriate to Mm. do so. That's wonderful. Now, why don't we just start with kind of 
for that individual who has experienced that loss? What are some ways that they can um, engage in healthy grieving um, on Memorial Day? Great question. So I kind of want to back it up just a moment because mm-hmm. I don't want to make an assumption that people have been grieving in a healthy way on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, certainly a recognition that someone important and significant in our lives has died is the first step in healthy grief. Mm. But the next steps may or may not follow through in a way that promotes good mental health, good adjustments to the pain and and their absence. And so it, it really does depend upon if someone that's listening to us right now has has never engaged in Memorial Day or any memorial of mm-hmm. their loved one in a healthy and proactive way, listen up because there might be some good ideas for you. Mm-hmm. And then there might be listeners today that have have been engaging in Memorial Day in really great and honoring ways. And there may be an idea or two that would go, oh, well, yeah, that affirms that what I've been doing mm-hmm. has been good for my soul, good mm-hmm. for my heart healing. So does that kind of work in terms of how we're going to talk about, about yes. this? Yes, definitely. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I know uh, for myself, often with a more traditional holiday, we think about it as just, oh, a time that I have off. Yes. Right? I don't yes. have to work. Yes. But being intentional yeah. about taking the time um, yeah. to utilize it as an opportunity to engage in that healing process. And particularly for people who have had a significant death caused by a significant event. Um, I know the last several years I've been very aware that medical personnel Mm -hmm. and families of people who have died with COVID are fearful that their loved one's death will just be swept under the Mm -hmm. rug. It won't stand a test in history. Mm -hmm. And that that fear of that is it creates anger or frustration out mm. of them, and some of them it creates you know a specific movement, and they're and they're setting up COVID memor- memorials, mm. and that's an, a beautiful thing for mm. that need. So I think it's important that we recognize that the significance of a mass number of people who have been affected by death and all those family units need to be brought into this picture as well, Mm -hmm. need to be brought into part of this story. And so one of the first things that we as grief coaches encourage our clients is to begin to make a plan for the Memorial Day, for the date. And it could be any time of the year for, you know, it might be Christmas or anniversary or New Year's, but specific, you know, Memorial Day. So what would be your plan? Is this going to be just a picnic fun day in the sun? Mm. Or does it need to have something that really recognizes um, the connection in your heart to the person that no longer is with you? Mm. And then specific then how will you engage in that remembrance Mm. so if katie if you had a 
someone near and close to you. I'm going to just set up a hypothetical thing. Mm -hmm. And um, let's say they were uh, really avid soccer players Mm -hmm. and soccer was their game. It was part of their identity. And that person that you loved died is not with you any longer. Um, How would you want to remember them? What would Mm -hmm. you want to do in a special way? Mm -hmm. I think you know me without knowing me. I do like soccer. I do. I know you. (laughs) Um, I would perhaps, you know, put on the favorite jersey of the soccer team, um, whether it's playing a a soccer game that was already recorded or go to a soccer game. Um, You know, it could be if there's something that's coming up that I know there's a specific match that they would enjoy planning ahead to to buy a ticket, maybe even include someone else that maybe appreciates that the game. I love it. So you you've just given a perfect example of the kinds of things to think about when we think about the person that we love that has that has died. And, um, you know, certainly there are Memorial Day parades that honor the military that have died. There are um, services and programs that are Mm -hmm. all over the place that people can engage in. But then there's the really just, I want to make this personal. Mm. And so whether it was, you know, my my loved one, you know, loved pets or horses Mm -hmm. or dogs, um, maybe there's some charity that we'd want to contribute to in their name and in their honor that would recognize, you know, that their life mattered. And now their life is mattering to make a difference in a positive way for someone else. So those are kind of just to begin to start to think about how do I want to engage with this day, be proactive, create a plan? Who do I want to facilitate that plan with? Who do I want to be with? Um, There's sometimes it doesn't feel as comfortable with family Mm. because the family's been fractured over the pain in everyone's hearts Mm. and it doesn't feel comfortable to be Mm. together. I wish that wasn't the case. Mm. I I wish that everybody in that family system could get the help and the healing and the support so that they could come together. But I think we understand that hurting people Mm. hurt people. Mm -hmm. And when our hearts are so crushed, it's like just sharp glass mm. everywhere. And sometimes those that are closest to us are the ones that we hurt the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things that I've heard you say so far about the plan that I think it's important to highlight. The first one you mentioned being proactive, mm-hmm. which is, you know, when I help my patients with trauma and, and recovering from trauma. Um, avoidance is one of the top things, right? They don't, they don't want to think about it. They don't want to address it. And even with grief as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's kind of counterintuitive because we want to withdraw, we want to isolate, but it's being proactive about not, not thinking about them, not avoiding, but actually engaging with, as you've mentioned before. So being proactive. And then I also heard that there's not one specific way of grieving in the sense of making that plan. Sometimes it's with people. Sometimes mm-hmm. it may not be with people, as mm-hmm. you just mentioned, with mm-hmm. a fractured family. Is there one more beneficial than the other? In terms of being with people or not being with people? Mm-hmm. I don't know that there is one more beneficial other than to just take note that mm-hmm. if I am withdrawing 
and being in an isolated situation, that's not beneficial. Mm. That is a top warning Mm. to take note of and go, okay, my desire for isolation will not result in a healthier outcome. Mm. And so to make a conscious choice to say, I will find someone to be with on this day. I will reach out to someone. I will find a place where I'm not permitting myself to isolate. So I can maybe plan something where it might be more intimate for me to experience, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that grief in that moment or that day. Mm -hmm. But it's different than isolation in the sense that isolation is wanting to continue to be alone withdrawn withdrawn Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and that that intimate planning might be just a personal visit to the graveside Mm -hmm. uh it could be and would be absolutely fantastic to um somewhere in your day write a letter Mm -hmm. to the person that you love there's still so much inside of our hearts and our minds that needs to needs to come up and desires Mm -hmm. to be communicated And just because they're not with us does not mean we can't express those. Mm. So that capacity to express it, that permission to express those thoughts and feelings, uh, I think is is such a healthy step. And that's Mm. a very personal, intimate thing that you don't share with the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. So acknowledging the loss, Mm -hmm. starting to plan, whether Mm -hmm. on Memorial Day or at a different date or time, Mm -hmm. uh, writing a letter, what else Mm -hmm. can can someone do to have that healthy grieving process? Well, if you recognize that, hey, I don't think I'm doing really well here. Mm -hmm. And what would be the signs of Mm -hmm. saying I'm thinking I'm not doing very well? Well, it might have to do with um, a rise of uh, a low level ongoing anger okay that um, is just persistent and we don't know what to do with it we don't even we might not even be aware that it's tied into the broken heart and the grief that we experience uh, other symptoms that we might see would be just avoidance I'm just mm-hmm. avoiding the conversation the remembrances the the talking about how I'm feeling I don't want other people to get close or know me and we start to put up barriers or walls a- another um, warning signal would be if we are using or abusing mm-hmm. substances mm-hmm. Are if we are intentionally distracting ourselves because if I stay by myself too long, I'm going to think and feel these feelings that I don't want to encounter. Mm. So it just is busyness. It can be shopping. It can Mm -hmm. be um, it can be cooking. It can be eating. It can be sports. It can be any of the great good things that we could do, but just to keep us from feeling being still with Mm. ourselves and and recognizing I have some pain. Mm. So probably the top thing would be to say is to learn that pain is not our enemy. Mm. Grief is not a bad word. Mm. In fact, the only cure for grief is to grieve. Mm. So if if we can grasp that, if we can go, yeah, but I hate pain and I avoid it at all costs. So Karen, Mm. I'm out of here. You (laughs) lost me with that. So Mm -hmm. don't even try to convince me that pain is okay. Well, all I can tell you is that if we didn't have pain receptors, Mm. we would be in a very dangerous Mm. situation. Mm -hmm. We would not know. And that's the whole thing that happens with people with leprosy. They don't Mm -hmm. know that they have wounded or hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. 
And so if we're going to um, numb, distract, medicate the pain away, we're not letting pain do the work it needs to do. Mm -hmm. And that's just to get our attention. Mm -hmm. yeah. So those are some of the things that are saying, okay, let's see if I should take a different step. Mm. And um, naturally, we can't prepare for Memorial Day with doing all these ideas that I might share. Mm. Um, but we could begin to say this Memorial Day forward, mm. I think I'm going to begin to pay much more attention mm. to becoming a healthy griever instead mm. of one that is stuck in my grief. Mm. Is there a balance of, you know, being able to grieve and, and then also not trying to stay in the grief for too long? Mm. That's a really good question. The interesting thing about grief is that I'm, I'm looking at a picture here and it's just these waves of the ocean. I can't determine when the next wave from the ocean is going to splash on the shore. I can't set my stopwatch by it and go, oh, yep, that's it. Mm. Um, it, it it's too random. It's too mm. messy. It's very disorganized. And so there is a place to recognize that I should can I can give myself permission to grieve when I grieve. Mm. And when I don't grieve, I can give myself permission not to grieve. Mm. So what that really means is that, you know, not every wave at the ocean is a giant sneaker wave. Mm. So I can play along the ocean's edge mm. for a long time. Mm. But then that sneaker wave might come mm. my way. Mm. And that's when I need to stop and pay attention. Mm. I've got these feelings. They're saying, give me some attention, do something with me, and then I'll be all better again. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that analogy. It's it's a visual to help us yeah. to give us permission to grieve and um, and as you mentioned, sometimes you just can't anticipate a big wave. No, you can't. And yet, we're talking about Memorial Day, and we're talking mm -hmm. about yeah, we are anticipating this mm -hmm. might be True. a big day for me or my family. Um, or the other side of it is, I've lost interest. I'm numb. Mm -hmm. I don't care anymore. And that can feel very guilting, as it were. Mm -hmm. We blame ourselves or we carry some shame mm -hmm. about it just because we might be in a space that says, I don't have the energy. Mm -hmm. And that's a normal reaction, too. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line in the process of our grief, mm -hmm. any of it is permissible, I mm -hmm. guess, is, is what mm -hmm. we need to say. Some of it needs to be handled, worked through, um, and others of it need to be let go. Some of the pieces of our grief, like forgiveness, mm. um, need really to be addressed and faced. Mm. Now, where's the balance between having healthy amount of grieving, um, giving ourselves permission, allowing for us to kind of ride that wave, mm. and then for some people who describe experience of you know I feel like I've been grieving for too long is there mm. a point where it's too long I rarely hear a griever say that they've been grieving for too long that will be the comment of the friends mm. and the it, grief is has such a peculiarity to it because it alters the relationship we have with the person that died 
and their absence alters us for the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. How that altering affects us really is completely in our court. Do I want to be a healthy, robust, resilient griever who lives my life fully to honor the life of the person that was important to me? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to identify myself, my life, as the consummate griever? I am grieving. I will always grieve. It will mm -hmm. never go away. It will never get better. My husband comes along across this a lot in some Facebook feeds where men whose children have died say it's just the same as it was 10 years ago. Mm. It doesn't change 15 years out. Mm. And we're saying, yes, it can change. Mm. We can become healed. But a lot of people hold on to the pain, the anger, the frustration, the fear, the anxieties of grief as an identity. Mm. Because as long as they are identified with that grief, mm. it feels like they keep their loved one with them. Mm -hmm. It feels like their loved one is not so far away or absent. Mm -hmm. And that's their only paradigm. Mm. And it's powerful. Yeah, it is. And it's it's tragic mm. because by by identifying with that and living that for years and years and years and years, they have missed out on the life that's available for them right now. Mm -hmm. And um, but they've not just chosen to find a different way, a better way for them. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you bringing that up as a point so that people who are listening and viewing can give themselves permission to not identify with that. Yeah. And that they can still honor their loved one without having to take on the burden of that identity. I know in some ways kind of condemning their future of a future of hope and life and, mm -hmm. and joy mm -hmm. because of that identity. I think what is misunderstood there is that we don't understand that my love for that person is never going to go away, mm -hmm. even though I will engage in my life. Mm -hmm. And so because they feel that they're, that the love and the connection to their deceased family member, friend, um, has to be kept only in this way, this mm -hmm. very unhealthy and destructive way. Uh, they just don't know that, hey, I can still love my son, my daughter, my my dad that, that died in the military and honor his life by healing. Mm -hmm. Now, how does one do that? How does one do that? Mm -hmm. Honor the life or heal? Both. 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 <laughs> because, because what we're talking about, most people see as one or the other, right? I hold on to my grief and I don't move forward. I don't live, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, it's like the difference between moving on and moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, and then some people, you know, I'm trying to focus on e healing. And so for, therefore, mm -hmm. I'm going to forget them. So how do I hold mm -hmm. both? Remember hold them both? and move forward and live and heal. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking of people who may have been um, quite a few number of years out. And I think the one very first thing to consider is going to seek out some professional help. Mm. You know, if you have had a broken leg for 10 years, mm. 
Mm. By now, you probably walk with a horrible limp and a great amount of pain, mm. and you're identified as that person with that broken leg that was never set right. Well, the best place to start is to get with a professional who can take care of that leg. Mm. Now, the second thing is to recognize, yes, it will hurt. Mm -hmm. There will be some pain. I will get to visit my pain and um, face my pain. But the good news is, is if you're in professional care, that pain, you are supported through that. So whether it's a therapist or a grief coach um, or somebody who is a, an, an expert in coming along somebody in their grief, that, that professional person will come alongside with you in your pain mm. and be able to transfer that pain into something beautiful. Mm. And... Um, the broken heart doesn't have to be in a thousand pieces any longer. It can become a whole person again. And you can have beautiful and precious memories of the person that is no longer with you. Mm. And you can live your life in honor that mm. they lived and invested their love into you. Mm. And I don't know of a better way than to fully live our lives mm. um, as a tribute mm. to the person that we care about. Mm. And I love that you said, you know, coming alongside, right? Mm -hmm. Sharing each other's burdens. And it really reminds me of what Jesus does, right? Yeah. What he has done and continues to do for us is, it's not just that he did one thing, but it's he suffered mm -hmm. in ways in that when we suffer, we can go to him. Right. Yeah. And have him walk alongside us, which is so beautiful. Well, and Katie, that 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 part of knowing that there is divine love, that there is a God who knows and gets our pain mm. and is with us through this and has initiated his own protocols for healing. Mm. And it starts with being honest and real and saying, yes, my heart is broken. I need mm. some help with this. Mm. Yes, it hurts, but I know God is strong enough to carry mm. me through this. Yes, I have a lot of issues that I've not forgiven or dealt with, mm. but that can happen now. I'm willing to, to explore that now. So those, those steps, those major places in our lives, God shows up in all of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so far we've talked about acknowledging mm -hmm. the loss mm -hmm. and the need for, for grief. Um, we talked about planning ahead, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for Memorial Day as we anticipate mm -hmm. that coming up, but for any date. Right. And then we also talked about writing a letter, expressing those emotions, mm -hmm. those feelings, those desires. Mm -hmm. um, we also talked about the importance of, you know, connection with one another and having mm -hmm. someone come alongside you in connection also with the divine love that you express. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is there anything else that you think would be helpful for our viewers and listeners to to consider um, to have that healthy grieving during Memorial Day. Oh, Katie, I loved your summary of it. It sounds like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, we've check, 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 check. <laughs> um, I just, if if there's anything, I always encourage people to um, just recognize that that grief is not a dead end road. Mm. It is the it's it's the actual funnel or tunnel or track that we move through into something more powerful and beautiful. Mm. 
Um, there's so much hope in our sad stories, mm-hmm. so much hope in our pain. And so if, if you could just take a, a little glimpse forward with that possibility that hope is yours to, um, to heal, mm-hmm. to have restoration, so that you can engage with all the holidays on the calendar on a yearly basis um, with confidence, with love, with assurance that um, it's not any longer something to avoid. Mm. So grieve with the hope mm. that there is healing for your heart. Mm. Beautiful. And I think we'll we'll end there. Okay. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. And I know that we could talk more about this and and we'll probably have you back. So thank you, Katie. I'd love it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com. 